In the previous episode of the Liminal Podcast, my guest Lewis Holtzman recommended a book by Kathy Salad, Performance Breakthrough, A Radical Approach to Success at Work. So for this episode, I decided to get Kathy on the line to talk about the book and her work. Kathy Salad is an author, performer, social entrepreneur, executive coach, and CEO of the consulting firm Performance of a Lifetime. Kathy and her team of coaches uses the art and science of theatrical performance to engage teams and leaders in creating and acting on uncharted possibilities to grow their business. Kathy has been shaking things up since she was 13. That is when she started her career as an upstart and risk taker by dropping out of 8th grade and starting an alternative school in an abandoned storefront in New York City. This unusual endeavor has put Kathy on an uncharted life path and she has dedicated her life to creating learning environments that challenge the status quo and offer innovative high-impact learning and development experiences. In this episode of the Liminal Podcast, Kathy and I have a conversation about the becoming principle and what it means to be authentic and we also talk about the five fundamentals of performance. This is the Liminal Podcast, musings and conversations about personal and interpersonal growth and transformation. And I'm your host, Birgit Kirsten. Kathy, welcome to the Liminal Podcast. So this is take two. I just... We just, well, I just realized I never recorded, so we had this wonderful conversation that's... That you, that you all missed. That you all missed, <laughs> but that we really enjoyed, and it's... Oh. <laughs> and we're not going to repeat everything, but we're going to start at the beginning, and uh, yeah, so I remember meeting you the first time uh, five years ago over Skype when... Um, you were auditioning people in South Africa to be part of a, what was it? Was it a workshop for, for Duke Business School? For... So it was, uh, it was with Duke Corporate Education, okay. which is the uh, executive education company that does come out of Duke, uh, you know, business school, Fuqua. And they were doing a roundtable uh, with chief learning officers, uh, with, you know, different companies in, in South Africa. And so it was in Joburg and, um, I had been invited to, to come and do a session and we didn't know anybody to, you know, put together our team with, and I wanted to work with some local people. And so I reached out to you and some other people and, uh, we had a we had a great um, conversation and 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 audition and but then you were busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was so like torn. Like oh, I'd love to do this, but then yeah, I had this uh, other client who also wanted me to do something for them. And I remember doing the mirror mirror exercise with you on Skype, which I know, was very which is totally crazy, <laughs> totally crazy. But for people who don't, I don't know if people know what that is, but that's an exercise where you work in pairs and one person begins and you begin moving very, very slowly. And the other person is performing as your mirror image. Uh, and, uh, and then you switch roles who's leading and it's, it's a beautiful exercise and, 
and you were crazy enough to say, let's do it on Skype. And I was so impressed with that. <laughs> I, I thought that was like so cool. <laughs> I think the challenge always with that uh, on Skype is the, because um, I've done like other, um, like the one, two, three game where you count one person says one, then the other is two, three, and then you say a word at the same time. But there's just this little bit of delay on Skype that, Oh, a, a bit yes. difficult. But um, yeah, so and then a uh, year and a half ago when I started my coaching practice called Liminal Transformational Coaching, um, I got a newsletter from you. Um, I think that was when you um, when the book came out. Oh, you mean my book, Performance Breakthrough, A Radical Approach to Success at Work. <laughs> Absolutely, that exactly that one. <laughs> How, when, did that, when did the book come out? Come out? Was it about it, oh, a year and a half ago? It came out, oh my goodness. Is today Wednesday? Hmm? Today's Wednesday, right? Today is Wednesday, yes. It's April, it's April 12th. Yeah. It came out a year ago today. Happy anniversary! <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Oh my goodness! So that wow. then, okay, well, that's uh, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> now this would not have come up huh. if we did, you know, not yeah. record for a while. Exactly. So thank you for that uh, that experience. Yeah. So then that newsletter must have been just talking about the book before it came out because you I, I remember it just spoke about the becoming principle and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I just thought oh, that relates so beautifully to the idea of liminality which is this in-between space where you are who you are well, you, you're not who you used to be and you're not who you are yet you are you're still becoming someone mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, I thought then I thought oh, I really should have a a podcast interview with you and then Lewis Holtzman spoke about your book in our in the previous podcast and I really th I thought man I need to get in touch with you and so I'm <laughs> I'm very excited to well I'm very happy to be here I was level I was very happy to, I was very happy to hear to see that you know Lois was on your show uh uh, and I, you know, I sent her a note and I was like, oh, that's so wonderful. And of course sent you a note and, and then, then I got your invitation and I was very happy to, happy to get it and happy to be here. So what, what struck you about our conversation that was never recorded? <laughs> well, you, you were teaching me what liminality means. Uh, cause I, I have heard the word, but I didn't know what it meant. And, um, so I was struck that, uh, that it is an anthropological term and that, um, you know, you described it as you just did, but also you, you use the term um, that you sort of be in between space. And I think that um, I think the in between space, both in terms of, you know, personal and professional development and learning, I think what you described is a very big uh it's a very important space for, you know, a how and when and, you know, sort of what's the process, if you will, or like describing the, the process that, that you're in when you're becoming who you are not yet. I also think, but, and, and upon, you know, reflecting right now, thinking about it, I think that life often is 
described and understood as the end result, the mm. product, if mm. you will, sort of mm. the thing that's supposed to happen when it's all done. Mm. And I mm. think that more, but much of life, most of life perhaps, really is lived in the in-between space. Um, and, um, and that, and, and that we don't, as we, we don't sort of culturally appreciate and see and understand process as much as I think we could and should, because that's where the action is, if you will. Yeah. That's, that's where the creativity is. Creativity does not reside in the product finished creativity mm -hmm. and, and learning and development and growth that it, it's all in the process. And so, um, I think that becoming and liminality uh, is is a name, if you will, for that beautiful and and most essential life space. Sure. Yeah, I think we 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 often either in the past in who we used to be or in the future we we think we should be or who we should be, and we're never present with the this moment, which is the becoming. We are always in. That's where life happens, like you say. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah, and that's where yeah, that's where the creativity and the energy and and I think we 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 used to do a um one of the the origins what one origin story for performance of a lifetime my company mm -hmm. is that we we started as a as a, a sort of a school you know in quotes for um per, a performance school for non performers mm -hmm. and um this was you know, 20 years ago. And, uh, it was, <clears throat> it was before improvisation and also before applied improvisation had become sort of, you know, as popular and as well known as it is now. Improvisation is certainly more well known than applied improvisation, but even improv in general was not, it didn't really live outside of the rarefied, you know, stage of the professionals. And, um, and we had this program where, uh, it was a four-week program where that started with people coming together who were, for the most part, not professional performers and not even really seeking to become them, become a professional performer. And they, the design was that uh, first day they came and they performed their lives in one minute. Mm. They, they performed their lifetime in one minute on stage, and and it could be. Um, it could be anything. I mean, it's their life, you know, your life, you, you know, you, any performance you do is going to be a reflection of or a performance of that. Um, but it needed to be a performance. So it wasn't, you know, hi, my name is Kathy Salad. I'm from New York City. You know, it would, it, it would, it would need to be a dance or a mime or a song. So, you know, maybe it's my name is Kathy Rose, you know, whatever, some sort of thing like that. And, and, and in the course of, so like, you know, 50 people would come to this first session and one by one people would get up on stage and they would perform their life in one minute. And then the directors, myself being one of them, would give some direction, some theatrical direction uh, to, to sort of help the person take it someplace else. And we would put professional improvisers into the scene with them. And so they would do a sequel. Mm. Um, you know, of that sort of part two. And it wasn't in any way a, a correction or a critique. It was just, it was an acceptance of their, 
you know, the, this, these gifts, these offers that they had made and then creatively, you know, building with that, with this direction. But the reason I'm telling you that story is that then over the course of, I mean, there's much to say about that, by the way, because it's sort of essential to what we actually still do here at Performance of a Lifetime, even though now we work with businesses. But um, over the course of four weeks, we then would take that raw material that was produced in that first session with people's one minute performances of their lifetime and then the sequel. And then over the course of the four weeks, we would together create a play Uh. that built with that material. And then the final performance, then the final workshop was the performance itself. And what we used to say was that the, the final performance was not that far from, I mean, it was like semi scripted, but it was really a workshop. It was uh, not the finale, uh, you know, even though it was the finale. And that was sort of, if you will, a, because we, you know, even though we're into process, people are also into product. So we had to have sort of an end and we had to have a finale and people brought their friends and you know, we charged yeah. $10 for tickets. And so that helped pay the rent and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we used to say, to our students, um, you know, that this is a trick we're playing on you, Uh that this is just really the fourth workshop. You think it's the end. Mm. It happens to be the end. You think it's the final, but really what this is, is just a moment in this process that, 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 you know, has an ending, but, but the performing, the rehearsing, the creativity, the process, that's really what this whole thing is about. Mm. And, and that's where the growth is because that's the in-between space. So we had a month of in-between space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's also, yeah, it's like a, a ritual. Yes, mm. yeah. And now they go out into the world, changed people. Yes, But the yeah. performance continues. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm, that's, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And, I, and I, what we also spoke about, you know, earlier was about this idea of feeling inauthentic or feeling you're an imposter when you're in this, you you are not, you, you are playing a role, with that, but you feel like that's not really you. Um, and how often, you know, sometimes I find that with clients, they feel like they're in this maybe role as an executive, but they like they're not really an executive they're in, they they're not themselves um and we spoke about being authentic and how it's really i think this whole idea of performance is really to say it's actually okay the limit that liminal space that space of becoming and growing isn't comfortable and that's okay yeah Absolutely. And sometimes you and feel not, like someone else, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, and it's in fact an authentic experience, and it's yes. and I and I believe, and we believe uh, at Performance of a Lifetime that 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 is actually where authenticity lives. That it's not simply an internal or inner or individual. Uh, experience, you know, identity, whatever, that, mm. that, that Walt Whitman 
uh, says that uh, you know we contain contradictions. We are large. We are we 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 you know we are, we have to embrace our multiplicity because because we are many many ways and and I think that that can be confusing mm. uh, because I think we live in a culture you know even though our cultures are different I think that in general certainly sort of Western culture if you will uh, believes that, you know, the whole idea of your true north and that you have to find yourself and you have to be true to yourself. Mm. And I really, I really object to that. Mm. I so object to that. Now, the, the, the phrase that we use, um, is that what it means to become, what it means to grow is that you're both who you are. So I'm not in any way saying, you know, that, oh, stop being who you are. It's being both who you are and who you are not. Um, And it's that dialectic, if you will, that is what enables people to stretch and to experiment Mm. and to expand their repertoire and to, you know, and to become who they are not yet. Yeah. It's in that tension that it creates a, a tension. And it's, mm. and it's kind of the, that tension is what it's almost like that's what creates the energy of life. Yes. And the creativity yeah. and that moves, moves you forward. And grows yeah, I totally you. agree. Yeah. So in your, in this amazing book that you've written, Performance Breakthrough, you talk about the fundamentals of performance, the five fundamentals of performance. I'd love you to take us through the, those five fundamentals. Sure. Uh, So this is act two of my book. My book is in three acts. um, And uh, these are the five fundamentals of performance, as you say, and or five fundamentals of the becoming principle, what we were just talking about. So um, they are uh, choose to grow, Mm -hmm. build ensembles everywhere, Mm -hmm. listen. uh, The name of the chapter is listen, the revolutionary way to have a conversation. Create with crap and improvise your life. And uh, taken together, as you said, those are those are what I think we, in the 20 years of work that we've been doing, sort of these are the ideas, these are the concepts, these are the activities that really make it possible to help people to have a performance breakthrough and to have performance breakthroughs and to grow. Um, so Choose to Grow uh, is really about... Uh, it's, I'd say maybe it's like two things. So one thing is that it's about getting out of your comfort zone and, you know, making a choice to do, to do things, to be in, to perform in a certain way that as we were just talking about, don't feel natural. Mm. Um, the other, the other part of it is that, uh, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's saying yes, part of what it means to have a performance breakthrough or to, and to change and to develop, part of what that means is that you learn it, that it's a cognitive activity, that there's new skills, there's acquisition of information, that's certainly a part of it. But that there's another part of it which does not get attended to, I think, sufficiently, and that's the more subjective side of human life and, uh, and, and the emotional aspect of human life, which is that, um, how do you, 
how do you do things that are really hard to do? Like they're scary. They're, mm-hmm. They can be upsetting. Mm-hmm. They, they can be humiliating. So, mm-hmm. so let's just, you know, take a minute to say something about humiliation. I think that, um, I think that what it means to grow means that you're constantly humiliated. Mm. <laughs> I think that's, that's a very present uh, experience, embarrassed, humiliated, mm. frightened, you know, um, you're going to fuck up, you're going to mess yeah. up, yeah. You, you're going to look bad. And, and I think that, you know, part of the choice you're making when you're choosing to grow is you're saying, I'm going to handle that. We're, we're going to handle that. Yeah. yeah. I, I have this quote. I don't know if I read it somewhere or if I, if, if I thought it up myself, but it, it's, um, to be brilliant, you have to be, you have to risk being foolish. I saw that on your Skype message. Yes. I love that. It's still there. <laughs> yeah. It is. It yeah. is. And that's for me. So, yes. Yeah. That, and, yeah. And, and uh, absolutely, if you, if you want to protect yourself from humiliation, you, you're you going to get stuck. You're not going to move forward at all. And yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, tell me if you, if you like this yes and to what you, to that lovely uh, quote. I love it. Um, I also think that to be, how do I want to say this? To be ordinary mm. is also to be foolish, uh-huh. meaning meaning uh-huh. that everything we do doesn't produce brilliance. Even uh-huh. though I do th- I do think that in order to be brilliant, you have to be foolish, but also to be alive, yeah. and to be and to love uh-huh. and to care and to collaborate uh-huh. and to and to do. You know, we need a certain amount of foolishness and 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 humiliation and. You know, I mean, it may sound horrible. It's like, oh my God, I don't want to work with these people. They're going to humiliate <laughs> me, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but no, actually, we're not going to humiliate you. What we are going to do is help you get better at being uncomfortable, get, help you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, help you be more able to accept, mm. you know, our own humiliation, which. You know, some people say it's like in, in an internal, you know, um, uh, process or fault or, you know, weakness. I think I think it's some of it is that, but I think it has to do with, I think it's culturally and socially produced. And so mm-hmm. part of what, part of what it means to, to choose to grow is to, is to say, I hope it's okay. I already have cursed. May I, may I I'm, curse? A, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> okay. Part of what you're saying is fuck you to the forces, if you will, that make me feel humiliated. Mm. It's like, mm. I, yeah, I, I'm feeling humiliated. I got that. I own that. And fuck y'all. <laughs> you know? That's, I'm not going to let that stop me. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to let that. We're not going to let that stop us. Yeah. But, you know, you have to create environments to support to make it possible to do that. And that's when you go to building the ensembles because you need to, you can't do that alone. You need to create community um, and, and build ensembles. And I, I use the term ensemble because it's a theatrical term. And um, uh, I I mentioned this in the book. One of the things I loved, I read um, uh, the second city uh, book called yes. And, and, 
they write um, by Kelly Leonard and Tom uh, Yorton, and and they they talk about the difference uh, the difference between an ensemble and a team is that typically teams are organized as you know to compete with against something to win mm. to, against another team to win mm. something you know but that ensembles are just are there for themselves they they exist for the purpose of the creating of the art the creating of the performance the creating of the work yeah. and um, the creating of life yeah. and um, and so I, I feel closer to that which does not mean that we don't help our clients become more competitive with you know in in their business and in their industry but you can't have the competition within the ensemble, within mm, the team. Mm, mm. Um, and so you need to, to build that ensemble, that, that community, and, and that takes skill. That takes being attentive to not only getting the work done, but also uh, how the work is done. And so that brings mm. us back to process. Mm. Um, so build ensembles everywhere. And, so uh, and, why, why do you say everywhere? Oh, because we're always part of ensembles. Mm, because mm. We're, we're, we're never alone. Yeah. Everywhere uh, you go, you're part of, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even if you're sitting alone in your living room or you're, you know, you're, 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 you're always in you relationship. Feel alone. Yes. You're, but you're always, always in relationship. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Love it. And uh, it, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the, the, relationship systems coaching a big part of it is to to define how do we want to be together mm, part of mm -hmm. that. yeah so yeah. yeah yeah that's beautiful and then then uh the next the next principle uh, next not uh it's not principle the five fundamental fundamental fundamental, yeah. Next yeah. fundamental yes is <laughs> um is is listening yeah. and this you know this gets us uh, very close to improvisation in that when you listen as an improviser, you are not listening. It's not a transactional uh, form of conversation. It's a form. It's listening when you're improvising. Uh, you're 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 improvising a conversation, and um, you know every conversation is a form of jazz and. I, I got. I love that quote from Stephen Nakmanovich, who's the Free author play, of the book. Yeah. Free, Free play. play. I love yes. that book. I lent it to a friend who immigrated to Australia and never got it back. Ah. <laughs> and I bought it actually... in America. I, went, I don't even know if you can find it in South Africa. That that is a beautiful book. It's a beautiful book, and actually Stephen and I are doing a workshop together oh, in wow. August here in New York. Uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited mm. about that. Um, so yeah, he had read my book and, um, he loved it. He said really nice things about it, which I was so honored, uh, about. Um, and then he and I struck up a friendship. And so we, for the past year, we've been like, you know, okay, we're going to do something together. And so indeed we are on August 12th in New York city. So, um, why don't you come to New York burger and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in my diary and uh, put it in your diary. Just hop on over. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But he said that, and I think that listening, when you listen as an improviser, everything that anybody says or does is a gift and is an offer. And so your your creative responsibility is to do something with it, is to build with it, to to co-create with it, and that's a very different way to listen. Yeah. than what we do in normal life, right? 
um, where we're sort of trading information. We're waiting for people to stop talking so we can say what we want to say. You know, we're not really paying attention. You know, blah blah blah. Right? Well, yeah. Are we are we judging it? Is this right or wrong? Judging it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you don't do that in improv. It's just like, yeah. ooh, great. You know, you start yeah. quacking like a duck, you know, great. I'm going to play, a, <laughs> you know, a cow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so, but when you use that, that same idea and that those skills and the, it's, uh, you're, you're, you're taking a journey um, in the same way that you do in improv comedy. You're, you're, you're going, yes, you are you have your agenda. Yes, you have, you know, what you're bringing to the table. You don't lose that, but you, it, but you actually can create more. It's additive. It's expansive. You're not just limited to that. Um, yes. And you, know, you, yeah. hold, you hold it lightly. Yes. Yes. Lovely phrase. You hold it lightly. Exactly. Uh, and so the, that core idea, yes, and is a very big part of, of that. And, and it's, I like that chapter a lot because I talk about the listening work that we do both in working with nonprofits and, and in particular an organization called the All Stars Project, where, which brings together people from many different walks of life, from the poorest communities to the richest communities. And, um, through these different programs, all of which use performance. And one of them is they, we, they work with, and I've been involved with it for many years, and they work with inner city kids. Mm, yeah, uh, well, Lewis, and, uh, Lewis also spoke about that. Uh, oh, is this, the, sorry, <laughs> interrupting no, no, no. you. No, that's the, quite right. but, yeah, She spoke about All Stars pro program and the Kids and Cops. Program. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's, that's also one of, that's an amazing program that they do. But similarly, yeah, so, working on how to listen to each other mm. so that they can hear hear each other even though it's uncomfortable even though there are things that you don't know how to deal with and then giving them the space on stage if you will to experiment and to try different things and break out of your roles and yeah. Listening as an improviser, improviser both demands and allows you to do that. And then um, the next uh, fundamental is um, create with crap. I just love saying that. Create with crap. Uh, <laughs> and um, you know, this is really about it's 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 very connected again to to that this thing of choosing to grow and also living life as an improviser, which is the next the final fundamental. But you know, we get so much shit that we have to deal with, you know, whether it's, um, I don't know, anything from like, you know, technology problems to people that we work with who are jerks to, you know, bad news to, and so on. And, um, you know, it's perhaps more well known as, you know, making lemonade out of lemons. Uh, but, um, but with the creative, uh, perspective and that, how do you that you, that we can take you know the the crap the bad stuff and figure out how can I build with this mm. how can I grow from this um, I often like to think about the parallel with the blues you know I'm a singer um, uh, and, um, what are the blues if not creating with crap yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. 
it's taking something so painful and sad and, you know, um, and, and, and making something beautiful yeah. with it. It, uh, and it reminds me of, uh, in an interview with Bono, the, the interviewer asked him, so does he ever get writer's block then that he can't write the song? He says, if he has writer's block, he writes a song about having writer's block. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, that is so great. Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah nice, nice. Exactly. So it's yeah. doing that. Uh, and, you know, including um, being able to, and this relates to the building ensemble as well, but, you know, like, wow, did we really make this much of a mess? How do we do that? Let's figure that out. <laughs> You know, yeah. like, is this, what is this fight about? Mm. What is this? What, what did happen this quarter yeah, that, yeah. you know, produced these results? What did we do? And, and not, not from a blaming perspective, but as Einstein says, you know, play is the highest form of research, you know, be mm. playful and mm. research this situation and put it on stage, you know, well, what did we do in that meeting? And what was that conversation? Let's try it another way. And, and, you know, and even though you feel like you want to kill yourself or you want to cry or, you know, you want to kill somebody else, you know, it's like, all right, let's figure out what we're going to do with this. Yeah. I, there's a, there's a, the epigraph on, in that chapter is um, from Sheryl Sandberg, who, you know, people know she, uh, I guess it's almost two years ago, lost her husband in a, in a totally freak accent accident. She's the COO of Facebook and, okay. um, uh, in this, she shared in this conversation that she, she shared it on Facebook. She shared this conversation that she had with a close friend and, and he, he, I, he said, I had originally thought it was her who said it, but it was he who said it, but she wrote it, which is option A is not available. So let's kick the shit out of option B. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that, yeah. you know, yeah. so it's let's not, really also yeah they're not focusing on what's not there but focusing on what is there and what can i do yeah. with this what can i create yeah this? and that's such a big challenge yeah. for us on a personal and professional yeah, level we just we say stuck in well this is what is this is why it's so important to be both who you are and who you're not because mm -hmm. it's being who you're not and theater is the catalyst that helps you to be who you're not being who you're not is what gets us moving mm -hmm. yeah gets us you know, going forward. Yeah. Um, and then finally it's, it's improvise your life is the final fundamental. And, um, I share both some of the tenets of improvisation there. Uh, but in some ways to me, they choose to grow and improvise your life are the, are the bookends for, for this, for this principle, because, uh, it's improvising emotionality. It's improvising creativity. It's improvising relationality. It's it's really being playful with with our lives and 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 relating to our lives as as a collective canvas that we are the painters, the subjects, the the you know um, the designers, the conceptualizers we're, we're 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 all of that and um it's all improvisational even even the stuff that now the stuff that we now do as wrote at some point it was an improvisation yeah yeah 
So to know that and to keep doing that is so fundamental. Yeah, everything started as an improvisation. Yeah. Yes. And and everything has its origins in a social relationship as well. Um, again, even if even if we're doing something by ourselves, we're always standing on the shoulders of others, because there's yeah. this guy. What's his name? His name is David somebody. He wrote, he either, he did a TED talk or a TEDx talk. It might have been a TED talk called Everything is a Remix. Okay. And um, it's just so cool because everything is a remix. Yeah, yeah. Everything, yeah. <laughs> we're, you know, we're not Robinson Crusoe on some, you know, island, you know, and like inventing this stuff. It's like we're always part of a social process and a, and a network of, of people in history and you know that's 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 we're, we're we've inherited that and are contributing to that hmm. last question before we finish yeah what, what what is currently something that's that you're really thinking about that's really interesting to you that you're exploring oh that's a really i love that question um i'm exploring one of the, we we at performance of a lifetime we um we do sort of three different kinds of work uh one is workshops you know where we uh where we're working on everything from you know challenging conversations to um developing presence to storytelling to uh management you know making the shift from manager to leader and then there's, um, there's, we do what, you know, uh, the, the, there's sort of e- e- um, e- immersive experiences, almost like um, simulations uh, where yeah, we're, yeah. we're helping companies to onboard people or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And they're getting a taste of the culture. And, and then the other kind of work that we do is what we call emergent work. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're working with a team, a leader and their team, for anywhere from six months to a year. Mm-hmm. Um, or an, or So an intact team or a band of people like who are sort of maybe they're considered high potentials. And, um, and we're doing more and more of that work. Uh, it's a much more slower and it's called emer- – we call it emergent because it is emergent. Yes. Um, very much about ex- helping companies to execute on the human side of their business strategy and helping their people to grow. Uh, and so I'm, you know, one of the people who leads that work. And um, just just so there's a relatively new client, a new program where we're working. This is a very very high performing team, and uh, and working on how to help people to see the importance of and to become invested in the building of the ensemble mm-hmm. and, and and not by sort of just simply i mean yes sharing with them things about the research and the science that shows you know that's where we do our best work and blah blah blah, blah. there's there's all of that but but really giving people some new ways to see you know, it comes from improv. It's, you know, one of the mantras is make your partner look good uh. and uh, take care of your partner. And and so we just happen to be in a very interesting moment in the work where we're really exploring that with people. How do you make your partner look good? And um, 
helping people to make that shift. And it's very, I have, I, I, I'm moved by it, but it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in some good fights, but <laughs> I think I, we're, we're, we're getting to a, we're getting to a really good place. Um, and then, and then the other thing I'll say, thank you for the question. The other thing I'll say is that, uh, you know, since my book came out, I am going out and I'm speaking more and, um, I'm learning how to do that performance. That's still a new thing for me. I mean, I know how to facilitate. I know how to do some really, really hard and intense and creative work with groups, you know, that I'm, but like, you know, of a smaller size, you know, yeah. 50, you know, is the biggest. But but to be in a room with 1,200 people and to try to give people a taste of, you know, this becoming principle and um, and also it is very much a dance for me of being both who I am and who I'm not. Uh, and, um, I'm, I'm both loving it. I feel like I'm actually, I just did a talk the other day in Virginia outside of D Washington DC and I felt very good about it and felt like it, I was able to sort of get that nice balance for me of being who I am and who I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you 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 hit the sweet sweet spot, and sometimes you don't. <laughs> sometimes you're so much who you're not that it feels totally uncomfortable, and sometimes right. you just yeah. who you are, and you feel like, oh, this is just the old me. <laughs> the old me. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's no energy there anymore. Yeah. Well, well and also because yeah. I think does the same one more thing. I think that when we're doing the same old, same old, our audiences can tell. Mm, uh, and now. And so like having spent, you know, many, many years in the theater and being and saying, you know, playing a character who said the same lines over and over again, like that's part of the challenge is how do you make it fresh? How do you keep yeah. it? How do you make sure that you're just make still discovering yeah. who you are in this performance so that the audience has that experience, too, that you and they are discovering it in some sense at the same time? Well, thank you so much, Kathy. I I'm very inspired by the work that you do. Uh, well, thank, thank you for your time and yeah. Well, thank you. It's I really it, this is such a nice conversation for me, Berger, because it's so uh, emergent. Exactly. Uh, that's <laughs> that's why I love uh, I, I love not preparing anything and just having the conversation because yeah, it's it is it's also a little bit more uncomfortable, but. It's, I find it much more interesting. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. Can I do can I do a little thing of um, a pitch for people to get my book and to follow Abs me? Yeah, I, I was I, um yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Well, did you want to do that? Uh, I, I would have done it uh, anyway, like but but go for it. Okay. So you can uh, follow me on Twitter and Facebook at at Kathy Salet author uh facebook kathy Salet author and twitter at kathy Salet, of course on linkedin and um and uh thanks for listening of course and uh if you do want to hear more you can get my book performance breakthrough a radical approach to success at work beautiful thanks kathy thank you burger and thank you for listening and to say thank you to all my podcast listeners you can now book four coaching sessions for half price on my website liminalcoaching.com just click on book a session the first session is free in any case so book a free introductory session and you get four more sessions at a half price just go to liminalcoaching.com 
and you can also subscribe to the Liminal Podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud. And while you're there, uh, leave me a review, please.